0: I didn't really think that it would have an impact on me just because I stepped out of the company. The problem is all of these websites, they were on the same, hosted on the same server. So that's when things start getting bad.
1: Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, come on, you got to take risks. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guests, Roxana Nasoy. Roxana, are you ready to rock?
0: Hell yeah.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, ready to go. Well, let me tell the audience a little bit about you. Roxana is an advocate for community and technology with 10 years experience in online business, data analytics, and marketing. She's a former Elance and Upwork Ambassador from 2012 to 2018. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're not on Upwork, you're missing a whole wave that's going on out there. I had an ambassador work with me for the last 10 years that I've been on that site hiring people. So currently She's chief communications officer at Amidus and co-host at the Crypto Law Podcast and the Nothing at Stake Podcast. Roxana, take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life.
0: Thank you, Andrew. Yeah, I guess, you know, it's been 10 years since I joined the online landscape and I've had a lot of ups and downs as any normal human being. <laughs> You know what I didn't mention? I didn't mention the fact that I'm a type 1 diabetic. And I use that as my source of fuel and motivation in everything I do. Because I realized nobody's going to put up with my moments when blood sugar's up or down. And employers will not understand this. So that's what basically motivated me to go the extra mile and you know start freelancing. And then build the online agencies, build businesses and go deeper into what an online business is about so yeah that's something i wanted to keep for the like for an interview that is more emotional than just business advice
1: well we definitely try to deep dig into our emotions and at least you have a very noble reason for being independent in your work i just did it because i got tired of listening to people tell me what to do (laughs) all right well now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And you and I have been talking about it a little bit, so I'm looking forward to the story. But since no one goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. So this was 2012. Yeah, 2012. I moved into a new city. I was studying a master's degree and analytics, advanced analytics, and this was already the second online agency as a content marketing agency that I was building. And we started off very, very unlimited uh, resources. Um, like I never really needed a, a business plan I'm working on one now for example because I need the investment but I never really needed a business plan to start something and that's the beauty of when you're building an online business you don't need much so my business partner and I we basically we realized that we just wanted a very good editor and project manager to have with us we created a a dynamic in the company, making sure that, you know, there's a project manager handling uh, a few of the, let's say, content writers. And then we diversify and we basically, we so to say, we de- decentralize the way project management is done in the company because we couldn't take care of it. We were two people, two f- co-founders doing the job of three other people. So basically we were working like 16 hours a day And it started really well, because what we just did, we basically, we came with each other's client database, we just united it, and then we did some sales, and we started adding up on that layer. And it was very good in the beginning, but at some point, I realized that my vision, my vision is more about expanding and collaboration and co-creation, was a bit different from my co-founder's vision, which was strictly making money generating income fast. And it's okay. We decided to part ways after a year. And part of the splitting involved, I didn't want any kind of money for selling my shares. So I just gave them away. But I wanted some of the websites that we had, some of the blogs that we built throughout the year. So what I did is I took a couple of hundred websites, just a couple of hundred. (laughs) And the problem is my former business partner continued, you know, his thirst for money and making money fast. And for some reason, his sales emails got into the competition's inbox. So what the competition did is they hired a private investigator, so to speak, to look into the company. And this guy, this, this journalist... Investigated the company. Investigated. Uh, it's very easy to find out what are your clients because of the link building you're doing and the content marketing and who you're mentioning and all that. So it doesn't take rocket science to figure out a pattern there. So he figured out the pattern very easily, and then what he did is basically he went to the Google Spam Team, led by Matt Cutts at the time, and he just filed a complaint against the company, and. You know, I have nothing against that because, you know, my former business partner was engaging in some activities that weren't in line with Google's policies. But the problem is I didn't really think that it would have an impact on me just because I stepped out of the company. The problem is all of these websites, they were on the same, hosted on the same server. So that's when things start getting bad. And To continue and to go into the bad investment, what happened is when Google took action against the main company, it took action against the website, the online entity, right? So, what happened is the company just disappeared from Google search into the Google Abyss, right? And what's even more interesting is that all of the clients were affected. All of the people we worked with were affected. And also my websites were affected because they were on the same server. Now, these websites that I had, the purpose was just to put content on them. So I would spend like 12 hours a day writing articles, put really good content on them, and then just run ads. So, you know, just run ads and maybe some partnerships and generate like a passive income. And when these websites fell, basically everything disappeared. And you realize that your work, (laughs) so you quantify it and you put approximately 12 hours per day into building an online empire, right, of content that, you know, empowers people. Some of the websites... Dealt with uh, healthcare and diabetes. And it was kind of my dream to create this, this platform where people get the best information and they're empowered to go after their dreams and not consider their medical condition as a limitation and so on. So everything crumbled, crashed, boom.
1: <laughs> when you say that it went to the abyss, does that mean that they just never showed up again on Google yeah. searches or never. does that mean that the actual sites went down?
0: No, no. They just don't show up on Google search.
1: Got and it. Traffic stops.
0: 2012, 2013, social media was not that powerful yet. So most of the traffic came from Google search. Most of it. You know, nowadays you can use a lot of alternative methods to bring in traffic. You don't really depend on Google. But back then... Google was the main source of traffic, and you know, clients were interested in unique visitors and monthly traffic stats and all that. That's what brought value to your website. You could sell your websites for like 50k each if they had consistent traffic and mentions in on other websites. So it was an entire industry. And that just fell completely apart because nobody could find you on Google. So You were left with a couple hundred of websites. Nobody could find you. The problem is it also affected the bloggers we worked with because we had partnerships with other Mm -hmm. blogs for cross-promotion or just, you know, supporting each other, uh, guest posting on each other's blogs. And they also got affected. The clients got affected. And in order to appear on Google search, and this is very interesting from the Google's business model perspective, you had to pay for AdWords. So you had to pay a lot of money. This was something like, I think at the time it was like three to $5 per click, which was a lot just to show up in the Google search. And this was the only way. So that meant throughout the year, 365 days, you'd have to pay, have a budget of at least 1000 per day to ensure that you would get 500 visitors. It's mad. It's Mm. madness. It's madness. Yeah.
1: And I suppose that, you know, what you've been doing is building up all of these visitors and all of this stuff. And then next thing you know, it's just, it's dead. It's crickets. When you talked about your um, customers being affected, was it just that they were affected because they no longer had traffic coming from you? Or were some of them, you know, Google can be, these big tech companies can be um, pretty. uh, just they don't ask a lot of questions they just shut things down did they shut those down as far as google traffic to those sites or was it just that their traffic from your site wasn't going to your partner's sites
0: no they didn't appear on google either (laughs) so you know their customers web search was the. if you look at the customer journey map their customer journey map was very simple people would go on google they would Perform a search query, they would put there whatever they were looking for, and then they would find this company on the first page in the first three or five positions. And then there were none. <laughs> so basically, they had to spend, like I said, they had to spend a lot of money just to appear in, in the ads section.
1: Yeah. And the other thing I would like to understand is kind of what was going on with your feelings, your emotions at the time, because sometimes it's during those times that we're the most challenged but also obviously, you know, we'll talk in just a bit about what you learned about it, but what were the feelings that were going on with you at that time?
0: It was very tricky because, you know, you, you look at, at your work, and you know that you've put so much effort into it. You separated from a company because there was no sharing in the vision, so clearly you wanted to keep your principles and in your focus. But, you know, it's very important, I think failures one of the main benefits of experiencing a failure is that you learn to let go. You learn to understand that some things are not in your power. Some things just happen. And then comes the fear of doing things again, fearing that, you know, history might repeat itself and what ifs. And if you step away from that, if you manage to, to understand and use that as your fuel to go further, then your sense of a compliment is much higher mm. because you're basically, you don't have to prove anything to anyone, but you have to prove something to yourself. And to get to the best version of yourself, it's very important that you experience these really challenging, difficult, emotional stages because losing is very emotional. <laughs> you know, it's your ego is crushed. Your sense of direction is crushed. Your foundation is shattered, basically. That's what you think. But actually, your foundation is still there. So what I learned, it took me a couple of months in which I couldn't do anything. I spoke to everybody that was affected. I apologized. You know, I told my bloggers that this happened. It was outside of my control, but I still feel like it's Part of the fault is mine because you know I was the one that I reached out to you and and asked if you wanted to, you know, support each other and and build something together. That's what I do. I reach out to people. And if I find synergies, I want to explore them. And then after that, I took a few months off actually just to get that sense of clarity again because I couldn't find my sense of direction. Mm. And what kept me going throughout these months was the fact I had to go every month and talk to people about how to build an online business, freelancers, right? So I was holding workshops and focus groups and meetups, and I really had to go there and to do my job because I had a contract with this freelance marketplace, right? Mm. And by the end of the year, I don't know what happened, but the fact that I was still doing something and still teaching people, even though I failed, I was still teaching people how to start over and how to do it. I think I kind of empowered myself and I started again. So what I did is I went back to my safety net, which was independent consultancy. I said, okay, I don't want to build the next company so fast after this one failed. And I went back to these people that I was working with before and I told them we might have something, I want to refer clients to you. So I started doing online consulting and just, you know, building strategies, building the technical aspect of SEO and so on. And it really helped me get going. And now I look back, it's been already five, six years already. And I just feel like it helped me become a a better person and just get that collective mindset understanding that everything that happens it doesn't happen just to me it impacts to some degree the people in my life and the people i work with and the people that i partner up with so it's the spider web on which the internet was built on the the idea of a worldwide web of a spider web The fact that it's these waves, they come like a tsunami. They impact everyone. And even the tiny last wave will impact the last person you spoke with. So that was an impressive mindset. And it helped me many years later when I entered the blockchain industry to understand this idea of what you're doing is impacting the other person. And you shouldn't think just of yourself. You should also consider the other person.
1: Hmm. That's great. You know, one of the things that you remind me of is when I was young, I was in a lot of trouble and I had an addiction to drugs and alcohol. And thanks to my mom and my dad, but particularly my mom, I got pushed into treatment and kept going in and out of rehab, which by the time I was 18, I had spent almost nine months in rehab. And when I got out of rehab, I somehow managed to adopt the 12 steps in my life of Alcoholics Anonymous, but I also just started to live a different life. And I graduated from high school and I went on and started to work. And I had a a job that I worked at that was just on a factory production line. I had no money. My parents kicked me out and said, you gotta go out on your own because we don't want to deal with you if you go back down into drugs again and i had no money basically and i worked and i lived in this place and i but you know what i had was i had a great set of friends that i met through the other people i knew who were recovering and we just had a great time and we shared our feelings and all of that and i had no money and over my life i've gone up and down and i've had lots of money i've had money completely stripped from me in my life and and then i've gotten it again and what i've learned is that that money and that success that comes from money is not the relationship between happiness and money. It's a neutral relationship. It doesn't buy you money, doesn't buy you happiness and a lack of money doesn't mean that you don't have it. And I think also, I'm not just talking about money, but I'm talking about success and failure in life. And, I think what I learned from all of that over the years was that I can be stripped of everything and I'm still me and I'm still a good person and I'm still, you know, there's more to it than just the win and lose or the money and not. So your story kind of brought that out to me. So maybe you could just summarize the lessons that you learned from your experience.
0: Sure. (laughs) So what I learned first off is the fact that everything you do, your actions, they generate a reaction and there's a impact either direct or indirect on other people. Then also I learned that you can, if you are given a space, you have to make sure that you respect the rules of the space. It's like entering someone's home. You leave your shoes at the door because that's the rule and everybody's going to be happy with it. And what I learned is if I had paid more attention to what could go wrong. I didn't really predict. I was living in the now, but I wasn't really considering, you know, what could go wrong. I wasn't assessing the risks in the business. And respecting these rules allows you to have almost infinite growth in the space that you are given, right? And we've seen this even in nowadays in the ICO space. people didn't before like 2017, they didn't assess the risks and now it's coming back to them because it's a boomerang. It's a boomerang effect. What you do today will come back to you in five years or even sooner. So I think it's important that we think a bit outside of the box, going for the winner strategy. It's good. It's always good, but it becomes your own limitation that strategy becomes your own limitation because you can't conceive doing something outside of it. So that was an important lesson for me. Also the fact that you can always start over. It's not the end of the world. It's not nice to look and see that your work generates zero And it's gone. You can't even say that it's there. It's basically gone. In the eyes of the world, it's gone. It's disappeared. But the fact that you can start over and you can just use your knowledge before and connect the dots and build your next move, that's also really important. And another aspect that I learned was the fact that it's important that you let go. Letting go. It's something that should be in all of us. Accept, forgive yourself, let go, move on. This is my recipe for happiness.
1: <laughs> Got it. I like it. Accept, forgive yourself, move on. Let go,
0: let, let go, go, move on.
1: Okay, let go. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, on. let me summarize. You know, really the biggest takeaway that I take away from it, and I'm not going to repeat the things that you've said, which are all very excellent, is When you separate from a business partner, you want to make sure that it's a true, clean separation. That's kind of my big takeaway. And and that's, it's hard to do, you know, and, and it's even hard sometimes to identify where the connections are. But when you separate and decide to go different ways, make sure that you invest the time and effort that's necessary to truly separate yourself from that other business or that business partner. That would be my big lesson that I take away from it. Anything you'd add to that?
0: No, I think it's a a good lesson. I really think because, you know, this is what happens when you're in good relations with somebody and you separate from something that you've built together, a business relationship, whatever it is, and you keep the friendship, you become a bit lazy. You're not that aware that things might go wrong, even if you are in contact or friends or, you know, it's like passing the kid who gets the kid and what happens to the kid, right? So in this sense, if the business is the baby, who gets the baby? But will the separation impact the baby? Will the separation impact the business? It's a very interesting dynamic. And most of the times we... That's why I started this crypto law podcast, just because I kept bumping into legal things, into legal aspects that I didn't consider throughout the years. And at some point I said, screw this. I'm just going to build a community for lawyers in the blockchain space. And then we started talking about a podcast and I saw that there was openness. And the biggest value is that these past experiences that kept repeating in a way or another, just in form, not in substance, but in form, and generating frustration and impacting people's lives, uh, you understand that it's very good to have a lawyer that is always with you. (laughs) And make sure your lawyer understands the business that you're part of. I don't think a lot of lawyers in this space understand what it is to build an online business, just because it doesn't take so much. You can set up PayPal for business and just create a website. You don't really need a you know, like a physical office. And it takes maybe fifty dollars or a hundred dollars to create a company and then you can start doing business. But there's not a lot of legal support into what could happen like in this situation
1: mm. that I
0: was in a couple of years ago. There was not a lot of legal support in that sense.
1: Not now they're starting. Yeah, now for the audience, go ahead and listen to the crypto law podcast and get some of your questions answered. I want to wrap this up by asking you, Roxana, what is your number one goal for the next 12 months?
0: Like I mentioned before, I work with seven year goals. Now I'm in the fifth year of my seven year goal, and this year I realized that last year was pretty chaotic because I traveled to approximately 45 countries in the past 14 months. And most of these like 35 countries were in 2018. And this year, I want to take it slow. (laughs) I want to relax more. I want to be more focused. I want to spend more time with friends and family. I don't want to feel like I'm missing out on the good moments of life. It's my year of Actually, I'm in my last four months of my 20s. So I really want to make the best of it.
1: (laughs) Enjoy it.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And also, you know, just make sure that I don't repeat the mistakes in my next investment.
1: (laughs) Ah, Yes. Like I always say, only new mistakes, only new mistakes. Well, there you have it. Listeners, another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we wrap up, Roxana, thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for the audience?
0: Just whatever happens, stay true to yourself and don't let moments, step on your principles and values. I think they should be consistent, independent of what happens in your life.
1: Fantastic. Stay true to yourself, ladies and gentlemen. That's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our well-fellow risk takers. I'll see you on the upside.